God and Us is a podcast where we share stories, your story, my story, our story, the stories of tragedy and sorrow, the stories of triumph and joy, the stories where God meets our beautiful mess. We invite you to enter this safe space, find the quiet, the stillness, and let me tell you a story. What does it sound like, a muffled thud as rock meets flesh? To the hearer, it is deceptive, as soft skin and muscle hide the strength of the impact. What does it feel like? Adrenaline causes you to catch your breath in expectation of coming pain. Blood rushes to the spot, warm to the touch. Blood vessels throb just under the surface. The skin immediately turns a shade of pink, coated with streaks of dirt. Fresh blood peeks through torn fragments of skin. The pain subsides, only to give way to tainted hues of green and purple, reminders of a fresh wound. In John chapter 7, we find Christ's life under threat. The Jewish leaders are on the hunt to silence this teacher. Christ is not like the crowds. He is not impressed by their acts of piety or their knowledge of the law or intimidated by their authority. Christ knows their sin, those skeletons they keep locked away in their heart where bitterness, anger, pride, and ambition are crying out for the blood of an innocent man. They just want to shut him up before their sins lie exposed in the streets. The last thing they want is to be found out, caught in the act, and rightfully so because they have so much to risk. Their world rests on what other people think of them. Or maybe it's not that simple. Maybe their world rests on what they think of themselves. They know the right answers. They know the correct way to worship, pray, and offer their gifts to the altar. They stand as the beacons of holiness while all others pale in comparison. They have an image to protect, not just for themselves, but for the whole of the Jewish community. Do we sometimes become callous to the needs of others when confronted with our own self-determined task of presenting the perfect church in a society spiraling out of control. Maybe we need to understand that the Pharisees could only continue in their roles as the champions of religious purity and rightness if Christ was silenced. Where is the Christ while the Pharisees plot against him? Jesus does not accompany his brothers to the feast in Judea but instead sneaks quietly into the city. Among the people, he hears whispers of his name. Jesus, he is a good man. No, he is leading the people astray. This is the Christ. 
He's only a prophet. He's just a man from Galilee. The mention of his name stirs conflict and division among the people. Even the officers sent by the Pharisees to arrest Jesus return to them empty-handed, only to say that no one has ever spoken like this man. In outrage, the Pharisees curse the people because it is their lack of knowledge of the law that is leading them to even begin to have belief in this madman. Amid all this chaos, the temple is the last place on earth where Christ should travel. His return to the territory of the Pharisees could mean death. Their hands are ready to shed his blood. But Jesus returns again to the temple. It is that perfect movie moment where you find yourself pleading with the main character, don't open that door, no, wait. Why is Christ risking his life? Can he not continue teaching in the countryside out of the watchful gaze of his enemies? Is he asking for death? Surely the people who want to hear his teachings will find him. Isn't that sometimes the excuse we give for not reaching out? Surely those who want to know Christ must come with a repentant heart. They will prove their own commitment to following Jesus before we risk tainting ourselves by coming to those in sin. But Christ is not fearful of the Pharisees and returns again to teach the people. He knows his purpose is to provide a way for those who do not know how to begin to help themselves. He knows his place is among the people. So we return again to the temple. While Jesus is speaking to the crowd gathered, there is a commotion at the entrance. The farthest away from Christ shuffle frantically to make way for the interruption. Dust rises, disturbed by the unexpected motion. Low whispers give way to cries of frustration from those trying to listen to the teacher, only to become interested in the rise in activity. Dressed in full robes, showing their rank and status, the Pharisees are the first to make their presence known. Their march is swift and deliberate as the crowd parts to create a path directly towards Christ. Are the Pharisees finally about to make good on their promise to destroy him? Has his time finally come? The Pharisees are not alone. Eyes grow wide as the crowd stares at the captive dragged by a clenched hand around her arm. A woman's weak stumbling follows the Pharisees. She's barely clothed, clutching desperately with her free hand to cover her skin. Tears streak down her cheeks leaving trails through cake dirt that covers her face. Her hair is disheveled and covers her eyes as she keeps her gaze locked on the ground, willing the world to stop. Tears fall fresh from her eyes, but not a word leaves pressed lips trying desperately to keep from screaming. Who is this woman? Why do the Pharisees bring her to this holy place, the temple? while she's in shambles. She isn't the kind of person who should be at this sacred place in her condition. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. A flood of voices and shocked expressions fill the crowd as the condition of the woman is revealed by her accusers. 
The Pharisee who spoke continues a smirk on his lips. Jesus, the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They are right. The Pharisees have not misread or misquoted the law. Such a woman deserved to be stoned by the crowd. She gave into temptation. She sinned against God. Would you be the first to pick up a stone? Maybe that seems too harsh. Would you just make a comment to your neighbor about her terrible choices and leave the temple with a great story to tell about her misfortune? You'll never guess what she did. What if you just ignored her instead? Maybe you're thinking, just get her out of here so we can go back to listening to Jesus and pretend this didn't happen. This situation is too awkward. She made her choice. She isn't welcome among those of us who are obviously trying to care about spiritual matters. We came of our own free will to listen to Christ. What was she doing instead? Christ bends down and draws in the sand. The Pharisees continue to ask again and again, Teacher, what should we do with this sinful woman? What is her punishment? What is your judgment? Jesus continues in silence. The Pharisees do not relent. They grow furious as Christ blatantly ignores the question. Finally, Jesus rises from the dust. There's no rock in his hand. Let the one who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Silence. The only sound is the falling of stones one by one as the crowd disappears until only the woman and Jesus remain. In the presence of the only one who had the right to cast a stone, the woman finally looks into the eyes of Christ. He does not cast a stone, a disdainful look, a cold remark. He does not send her away in shame. Christ would have been justified. He was without sin, and the law was clear that her punishment was death. Instead, he stood with this sinful woman only to ask, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, Lord. Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on sin no more. Every time we remember this woman, her name always goes with caught in adultery. Her identity, even now, is tied to her sinful act. There is not an outward sign that she was repentant, She wasn't crying out for forgiveness and committing to change her ways while the Pharisees dragged her into the temple. She doesn't even ask her rescuer, Jesus, for mercy. She says nothing. She does nothing. Christ's reaction was not dependent on the woman's repentance. Before this unfaithful bride, the perfect sinless judge provided mercy. She should no longer be remembered as the woman caught in adultery, but the woman shown mercy. In our quest to be identified by our rightness, 
we forget to fall in line with Christ and provide mercy to men and women who are caught in sin. We pass judgment immediately on those who are enslaved by addiction, caught in divorce, or lost without any knowledge of Christ. We forget that we are not just the onlooker, a nameless face lost in the crowd with no connection to the woman. We are the woman, and we are the Pharisees, both equally guilty of betraying every part of the law. We covet, we lie, we place anything and everything above God. We cannot stand as this unfaithful bride, a church clothed with imperfection before our bridegroom, the one we betrayed. We deserve the stones of judgment. We need the mercy of Christ. What does it sound like when a stone hits the ground? What does it feel like when the weight of hatred and judgment leave our hands. There remains only an empty hand ready to reach out to those equally in need of the mercies of Christ. Hello, listeners of God and Us. I am so excited that we've released three episodes at this point, and I pray that whoever you are and wherever you are, that you are being blessed by this podcast. Uh, Please um, follow us on Facebook and leave us a review if you can so we can get more listeners who can hear this word, and, and I pray that they will be given a gift through it, as I hope that you have been given a gift. So thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.